All right, Jabosai, good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. We have a very exciting day ahead of us today. We'll begin by thanking all of our sponsors, Baruch Hashem, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Iyar, Yonah and Shishi Ehrenfeld, in memory of Yonah's grandfather, Yosef ben Shmuel Aaron, Mark Karstadt, in memory of his mother, Hannah Bas Shragai, to thank our Week of Learning sponsors, the Kiwi family, in honor of all of the men who attended Shiva Minyanim, in memory of Mr. Kiwi, Ari and Shoshana Lerner, for in honor of the Bar Mitzvah of Yosef Chaim, Emir Sashem being celebrated Bishat Tov Mitzlachas this coming Shabbos, and also in recognition, a week of learning dedicated in commemoration of the yard site of Rabbi Chaim Gewandtman, Harav Chaim Friedel, Ben Rabbi Yitzchak Dov, the founding rabbi of the shul on the occasion of his 39th yard site. A pretty incredible. I will say, you know, I think. You know, when we, when we commemorate Rabbi Price's yard site, there are very few people already now who remember Rabbi Price and certainly Rabbi Gavantman, you know, the, the founding rub of the shul. I, I don't know, besides Baruch Fischl, I don't know if there's anyone, uh, I don't know if there's anyone around who, who remembers Rabbi, maybe Sammy remembers Rabbi Gavantman, um, Alan, you know, so again, it, but we recognize that even if we don't remember people, even if we don't remember Rabbi Gavantman, there's no question that what we have today, what we have the ability to build on, the foundation we have, is really only because of those who came before us. So we hope that in the merits of our Talmud Torah, that all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, the families in Nechama. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Baruch Fischl and Sonia Kozlovsky, for dedicating this year. Incarnation of the yard site of Rabbi Chaim Gavadmit, Marina Arav Chaim Friedelber, and Yitzchak Dov. But we hope again, we thank all of our sponsors, we hope in the merits of our Talmud Torah, Shamash Avin Aliyah, the families in Nechama, and the Merit Hashem, we should continue to build on the foundation laid by many, by, by those who came before us. And with that, let us begin. So we have an incredible daf ahead of us today. We're going to go on a little bit of a journey through the base Hamikdash. So you'll see, I sent out, I sent out uh, a PDF with some pictures, and then uh, which, which in retrospect were kind of sad pictures. They didn't, I uh, didn't do a good job. But Baruch Hashem for Maishi, Maishi sent out a PDF. Hopefully, you saw it on the WhatsApp chat. A PDF of of actually good pictures of what I wanted to, uh, to send out. And we're gonna, I'm going to be referencing those pictures. You'll see that those pictures are all numbered, are all numbered. Um, I'm actually going to try, maybe for a future show, I'm going to make copies, because um, they really are magnificent pictures. Hopefully, you'll, you'll, you'll see it on the WhatsApp chat. So we'll, we'll make reference to that, just visual aids, because we're literally going to be going on a, in a, on a tour of the base Hamikdash Amir Tzashem today. So we'll say, so with that, let us begin. So today's daf is Tazayin 16, and we are picking up Amir Tzashem on Tesvavam, a base 15b at Tnan Hasam. New topic. We'll say, so we're picking up two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve lines up from the bottom. So says the Gemara. Tnan Hasam, we learn there. So we'll say again, the individual in charge of the Kohanim would say as follows. He would say, Go and bring a sheep, right? Bring a lamb from the Lishkas Beis Hatlam, from the sheep chamber, right? This, this was a chamber in the Beis Hamikdosh where they would keep livestock. They would be used for karbanas. So the Gemara says, Where was, where was the lamb chamber? So the lamb chamber, Lishkas Hatlam, was, was in the northwest corner. The northwest corner of the Beis Hamikdash. So we'll say again. We'll see exactly this. This is going to be subject to some level of machlokas. There were four chambers. Now I will say just just to orient you a little bit. So when we when we go ahead, there is one image that I sent out to you. Hopefully the first image. 
that, that I sent out, um, which was an, a, a view of the base Hamikdash. I'm actually going to try to get a copy of that that we could make copies of and just put it out, put it out, because uh, we're going to constantly reference it. The chambers we're referring to are in the Ezra's notion. The Ezra's notion. So if you go ahead and you enter in, you enter in to the, we'll call it, you enter in on the eastern wall. You enter in on the eastern wall, you enter into the Ezra's Nashim, what we call the courtyard, and the, the four chambers situated inside of that courtyard. There were four, there were four chambers that were there. Achos Lishkas Hatloim, one was Lishkas Hatloim, Vaachos Lishkas Hachosamos, one was the Lishka of the seals. Now, I'll say, if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi is the first white line of Rashi, Lishkas Hachosamos, Shemanichon Shem Chosamos Shalokech Slosos Unisachim, Minahektish Bidam, Kizam Sechashkalim, because we just had some Sechashkalim, this is incredible. This was the chamber where if you wanted to go ahead and buy wine or oil or flour for different types of Nisachim, different types of libations, you would come. You would pay. And then what would you get? You essentially would get like a token. Right? You would get a token and you would take that token and then go elsewhere to redeem that token for, for whatever you needed. The oil, the wine, the, the flour. So that was called Lishkas HaChosamos. The Achas Lishkas Beis Hamokad. And ultimately, again, one was called the fire chamber. And I will say, we'll discuss this Lishkas Beis Hamokad. This was an area where the Kohanim went to warm up. Because remember, again, the Kohanim had to serve barefoot, and the floor of the Beis Hamikdash was stone. So by definition, it got cold. So the Lishka's Beis Hamokad was a place where you went to warm up. All right, so the Gemara And one was the Lishka, one was the chamber, where they would go ahead and make the Lechem Haponim. So the Gemara says, Now both say, just, just, so we, just so we stay focused, what the, the question the Gemara is going to raise over here is on this Lishkas Hatzeloim. So just, so just so you keep in mind what's happening over here. The Gemara first identified that the Lishkas Hatzeloim, this chamber where they would keep the sheep, was in the, was in the Tzfonis Ma'aravis, the northwest corner. Okay, so just keep that in mind, northwest. Now watch this. Or Minhu, Arba Lishkos, Hayu, the base Hamokad. Now the Gemara says there were four chambers that were in the base Hamokad. So we'll say in this, in this version over here of the Brisa, the base Hamokad was actually a much larger area. was a much larger area. So we'll say, did they come through that first image I sent you of the base Hamokad? You sent another one? But, but the same one, just a better one? Okay. Good. So we'll say, so just, if you're, it looks like this. Okay, excellent. So I will say, so just so you see, if you're looking on that, we're looking now at Lamed Hay. You see Lamed Hay? Lamed Hay is on the, we'll call it the, the really it's the north, northwest corner, or northwest top. So again, Lamed Hay, it's that, it's that square that has four smaller chambers in it. So that's what the Gemara is making reference to right now. So the Gemara says, Sorry, too many papers here. So the Gemara says as follows. There were four chambers in the base Hamokad. Like small rooms opening up into a larger antechamber, like into a larger hall. You can see that. That's the image over here in that square. Right? Lamed Hay is the large, is the large hall. Four smaller chambers opening up into it. So the Gemara says, Shtayim Bakodesh. Ushtayim Bachol. Interestingly enough, we're going to see, we'll get more into this. Two of them were situated in a consecrated area of the Beis Hamikdash, 
and two of them were outside of the consecrated area of the Beis HaMikdash. So we'll say, as we're going to see, by the way, if you look on that square, Lamed Vav and Lamed Ches were outside of the Kodesh, and Lamed Zayin and Lamed Test Lamed Tes were inside of the Kodesh. Do you see? And in fact, if you see, there's like a little bit of a broken line that goes down the middle of that square. You see that it goes through the, it goes through the, the letters Lamed Hey. Do you see that on the picture, on the image? So both says we're going to see, interestingly enough, the base Hamokot, part of it was situated in the Kodesh, part of it was situated outside of the Kodesh. The Rashi Paspasin Mavdilin Ben Kodesh Lechol. And ultimately, again, there were actually small pillars, small pillars, that divided between the Kodesh and the Chol. And ultimately, again, so we'll say, so what, did the, what were these chambers used for? So here we go. Ma'aravis Duromis. So the Ma'aravis the, Duromis, the southwest, right? The southwest corner. The southwest corner. He haisa lishkas talia karban. So ultimately, again, I will say this was with the lishkas talia karban, the lamb chamber, the animal chamber. And I will say here's the contradiction because we just said before in the previous price huh, that it was the northwest corner. Here we're saying it's the southwest corner. So the gemara said muravis ramis haisa lishkas talia karban, top of tazayin, diromis mizrachis. So the north, the north, the um, the sorry, the southeast corner. He lishka shayu osin balechem That was the chamber in which they used to make the lechem aponim. Mizrach is tsefonis, the northeast corner. Ba gonzu beis chashmonoi avne mizbeach sheshitzu malche ovde kochavim. So we'll say this is incredible. In the northeast corner, in the northeast corner. Ultimately, they went ahead and when, this is absolutely incredible. This is also when the Hashmonaim came back in the Hanukkah story and retook the Beis HaMikdash and reconquered the Beis HaMikdash, the Mizbeach had been used for idolatrous service. So because the Mizbeach had been used for idolatrous service, they could not simply just go ahead and use it again for the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what they did is they deconstructed it and reconstructed it. So some of the stones that came off of that, of that, we'll call it blemished Mizbeach, were kept inside of a chamber in the Beis HaMikdash. Isn't that absolutely incredible? But you know, it's part of that same motif of like Luchos and Shivre Luchos Munachin Ba'aron. This incredible Yisori Yiddishkeit that we have, that once something has Kedusha, even if something happens that compromises its Kedusha, the residual inherent Kedusha always remains. An incredible, incredible Yisod. See, even those stones that unfortunately were used for idolatrous service, because they were originally used for the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, remained inside of a chamber in the basement. It was also an incredible muster for us, because so many times I see myself in those stones. I do good things, but then I really mess up very badly in life. The stones really become possible. The stones become used for Avodah Lest you think that those stones are just thrown out in the garbage, not true. Ultimately, again, they remain inside of the base of Mikdash compound. You never fully abdicate your inherent residual Kiddushan. Incredible Yisod. Tzfonis Ma'arabis. What about, again, the, the, the northwest corner? But you're doing the base Hatvila. We'll say we actually saw this also earlier. This is the, remember, there was a subterranean mikvah inside of the Beis HaMikdash. So it was from this chamber that they would access the subterranean mikvah. So we'll say, so again, all of this is brought down because we have a contradiction. And what's our contradiction? Where was the Lishkas Hatulaim located? So remember again, 
In the first b'risa, the b'risa told us, Lishkas HaTloim, Haisa B'Mektsoa Tsefonis Ma'arabis, was in the northwest corner. Northwest corner. In the second b'risa, ultimately again, Ma'arabis Duromis, it was in the southwest corner. So northwest versus southwest. So what's going on over here? Amrav Man Midos, say, who is the author of the Mishnah Mesechas Midos, which is the second one that's being quoted over here? I'm sorry, who, who is the author? Rebbe Lozer ben Yaakov. So Rebbe say essentially the Gemara answers is just different authors, two different authors. The second b'risa, the second b'risa ultimately again is Rebbe Lozer ben Yaakov. This none. But see, here we go. Ezras noshim haisa orech mea ushloshim v'chamish. So now we're focusing on the Ezras Nashim. So again, just to orient yourselves a little bit, because it's really, it's really very exciting to be able to see these Gemara. So we'll say, so Ezras Nashim is if you're looking on your large aerial view of the base Hamikdash, right? So again, this, this, this image over here, right? This image over here. So we'll say, if you're looking on the large, I think what I'm going to do is, oh, is that? Perfect. Good. You know what we're going to do? We're going to get, like, maybe we'll get, like, a big laminated one over here and a laser pointer and a laser pointer. Good, good. No, I always wanted a laser pointer. This is, this is, this is my opportunity to have a laser pointer. Right, so don't deny me this. Good. I don't want to stick. I don't want to stick. All right, so, so, so that, that, that's, I think, we could do a big... Uh, okay, so anyway, so let's say, so you could see... Oh, good. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, you could see. Good. So let's say, so you could see... This, so, Mish, this is the one you sent out? Okay, so, we'll say, so I just want to point out, just so no one gets confused, this one is oriented just in the opposite direction of the one I said, but it's, a, it's the same image. So if you, if you look, actually, I'm going I'm to operate on the one that I sent you, if that's all right. Zion, Zion, which is the large, large courtyard there. So, we'll say, so just to understand, when you walk into the Beis HaMikdash, you walk in the eastern gate, you walk in the eastern gate, and you're facing west, right? You walk in, you walk in on the eastern gate, and we're going to see this. Right, you walk in on the eastern gate and you're facing west. Right, I will say that. Right, that's that's how it works. So when you walk in that courtyard that you walk into, that is called the Ezras Nashim. That's called that's called the women's section, the Ezras Nashim. And I will say again, you can see you have the courtyard there in the middle, and you have four chambers over there. So here we go. Says the Gemara. So this is not Ezras Nashim. Haisa orech mea ushloshim lechamish. So the dimensions of the Ezra's Nashim were 135 Amos in length. Ultimately, again, by Mea Rushloshim by Rochav Mea Shoshim, by 135 Amos in width. And there were four chambers in the four corners. So, we'll say, so again, if you're following along in the image, Zion is the Ezra's Nashim. And you could see Yud, Yud Aleph, Yud Beis, Yud Gimel, those are the four chambers situated inside of, of the Ezra's Nashim. And what Umahayu Misham shows, both say, what were those chambers used for? So here we go. Dromis Mizrachis, so the southeast, the southeast one, he Lishkas Hanazirim. That was called Lishkas Hanazirim. Now, both say, now what was done in the Lishkas Hanazirim? So again, you could see over here. Lishkas, Lishkas Hanazirim is Yud Beis. 
is your base on the image. What happened in the Lishkas Hanazirim? So the Gemara says, Shesham Nazirim Shamehen. It was in that chamber that the Nazirim, at the end of their Nadir Nazirus, would go ahead and prepare their carbon shlamim. They would cook the shlamim. Umegalchin Saran, they would also cut their hair. Umishalchin Tachas Hadud. And then they would throw their hair into the fire underneath the pot in which they were cooking the shlamim. Right? Mizrachis. Am I, am I not being clear about the images? Is it not following? I'm sorry? Lo, wrong, wrong, wrong image. You, you look, you're looking at this one? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, you know, are you looking at this one? Yeah. Okay, we'll say yes. So I'm sorry. Don't look at this one. Look, 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 look. I'm sorry. That's what I mentioned before. This is arranged in a different direction than the one I'm operating off of. So look at the image I sent. Look at the, look, you can tell the difference. The images that Maishi sent look professional. The ones that I sent look a bit Heimish, as they say, you know. So, uh, so, so look at the aerial base Heimikdash one that, that I sent you. Again, the truth is, it, it doesn't, it, it's not, it's not a big deal. You, you'll see, it's all four of the chambers that are arranged over there. So the Gemara says as follows. So we'll say, so let's, let's go right to here. So the Gemara says, Lishkas Mitzoran. I'm sorry if it's confusing. So what would they do in Lishkas Mitzoran? The, the Mitzoran would go ahead and, the Mitzoran would go, go ahead and prepare their shlamim. They would go ahead and cut their hair and burn their hair in the fire underneath the dud. Good. So the Gemara says, Mizrach is Tsefonis. So the northeast one, He Haisalishkas Dir Haitzim. That refers to the chamber in which they used to go ahead and keep the wood. So I'm say, you can see this. Lishkas Dir Haitzim in the image that I sent out is Yud. Is Yud. You can see it over here, you even have pictures of wood in there, right? Pictures of wood. That's the Lishkas Dira Eitzim. What happened in there? Shesham Kohanim Baali Mumin, Omdin Umaslian Beitzim. It was very interesting. Kohen who's a Balmum cannot do the Avoda. So if a Kohen was a Balmum, what would he do? His job was to deworm the wood. That was his job. He couldn't have wormy wood on the Ma'aracha, on the pyre of the Beis HaMikdash, see, he would deworm the wood. Because any, wor- any wood that would have worms in it would be possible. So in that lishka, in that chamber, they would deworm the wood. What happened in the northwest corner? I'm sorry. So this is incredible. Rabbi Yaakov says, in the Ma'aravis Duromis, in the southwest corner, I forgot what it was used for. I forgot what it was used for. So the Gemara Abishal, Omer Abishal said, that's where they used to keep the wine and the oil. And that was called the Lishkas Beis Shamnia. So you can see that on the image, that is Yud Gimel. That is Chamber Yud Gimel. The bottom left in the image that I sent you. The bottom left in the Beis Hamikdash, in the Ezras Noshin. Lishkas Beis Shamnia. So the Gemara says as follows. So again, the whole point of this was to show that Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov is the, that Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov is the author of the Mishnah Meseches Midos. How do you know that he's the author of Meseches Midos? Because he begins talking out of nowhere in the middle of this Mishnah, which indicates to us that he has been the anonymous source that's been quoted this entire time. All, so all, all we are highlighting is this idea that there's no contradiction between the Mishnahis about the, 
about the location of the Lishka Satlan, just different opinions, and the author of the Mishnah Masechus Midos is none other than Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Incredible. Hachanayim is sad, but Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, he, it becomes clear that in fact it is Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Why? This time, Rabbi Lazar, listen to this. This is really fascinating. This nun, Kalak Salim Shahayusham, all the walls which surrounded the base Hamikdash, Hayu Givoin, were tall walls. And we'll discuss the height in just a moment. Chutz Mikosal Mizrahi. With the exception of the eastern wall. So, Bosei, suggest, suggest again, in the image that I sent you, the eastern wall, Bosei, the eastern wall is, you see where the letter, you see where the letter Chas and Tas are? Chas and Tas? Yeah? Good. So, if you see where Chas and Tas are, that's the eastern side of the Beis HaMikdash. That's the eastern side. So, Bosei, again, that, all the other walls along the Beis HaMikdash were tall, with the exception of the wall on the eastern side. Now, why was that wall shorter than other walls? Listen to this, I will say, Because remember again, the coin who was doing the paraduma, we remember this from our Shkalem days as well. Remember again, where was paraduma performed? Where was it performed? Harazesim. Across the valley, right? They both say there are two mountains. There's Harabayis and there's Harazesim with a valley in between them, right? Remember again, how did you traverse the valley? Bridge. bridge. Who built the bridge? Coin Godel, right? That was part of every Coin Godel built his own bridge. So they would go ahead and go across the bridge to the valley. So now watch this. So the, so the coin would do the paraduma on Hara, what they call Hara Mishcha, Hara Zesim, right? And what, what was the halacha? Umechavin veroa keneget pischo shalhechal bishas hazasadam. We'll say the halacha by paraduma was, at the time when you did the paraduma, you had to be able to see into the base Hamikdash. Now, not simply into the courtyard, you had to be able to actually see into what we call the heichal, into the actual structure of the Beis HaMikdash. So, so watch this. Going back to the image, I'm showing you for just a moment. So if you could imagine, if you could imagine, so this picture, right, the Beis HaMikdash is situated in Harabayas. So just imagine for a moment, look over here for just a second, I'm going to get into it, right? Here, here is Harazesim, right? Here is Harazesim. I know that this is very helpful to your understanding of the Gemara, right? Here is Harazesim. So Cohen is standing over here doing the Paraduma. When he does the Paraduma, he needs to see in, so he's seeing through the eastern wall, and he needs to be able to see directly into what you're looking at over here, Lamedalit, right? Literally right into the Heichal, right into the Mikdash. So in order to do that, the Gemara says, the eastern wall had to be lower, had to be, had to be shorter than the rest of us to allow the Cohen. Now, the good part is, the good part is, they will say that the way it was situated was Haramishcha, right? Harazesim was taller than Harabai. So by definition, you had a little bit of a topographical advantage. But nevertheless, if the walls were too high, you couldn't see it. So the eastern wall had to be lower than all the other walls to allow the coin doing the paradumah to be able to see it. Incredible. Utnanun, we learned, shayusham, all the entranceways, the doorways into the base Amikdash. Gulfan Eshim Ama, their height was 20 Amas. Veroch von Eser Amas. We'll say, so those are some pretty tall, this is just the doorways, this is not the walls, right? The doorways themselves were 20 Amas. We'll say, so just to illustrate that to you, right? So a 20 Amas doorway is about how, about how tall? About 30 feet, right? So doorways that are approximately 30 feet tall. Eser Amas, 15, well, 10 Amas, 15 feet wide. Utnan. So we'll say now this is very interesting. So now we're going from the so just understand what we've had so far. So far we've seen the Ezras Noshim, right? We've seen when you enter into the eastern side, you enter into the Ezras Noshim. We've now seen that courtyard and the four small 
chambers, not they're not so small, but the small, the four chambers that are in the Ezra's notion. We'll say now we're kind of zoning out a little bit and looking at the exterior of the Beis HaMikdash. So when you look at the exterior, what, what do you see? So the Gemara says, Utnan, Utna, I'm sorry, Lifnimi Menu Soreg. So we'll say, around the Beis HaMikdash was the Soreg. So we'll say this, you can see if you're following on the pictures, this is picture number 30. Picture number 30. And the pictures that, that Maishi sent out in that PDF. This is picture number 30. If you want to see it, if you're, if you're looking on the, on the large aerial view of the Beis HaMikdash, so this is letter Tess. A Sorig was a fence. It was a fence around the Beis HaMikdash compound. So around the Beis HaMikdash was the Sorig. We'll say inside of the, of, of the, of the Sorig was an area known as the Chel. So again, I will say on your picture, if, if you're looking at the aerial picture of the Beis HaMikdash, that is letter Ches. Right, so Tess is the fence, is the Sorig. The area in between the fence and the base Hamikdash itself is called the Chel. It's called the Chel. That's picture, I don't know that I, I don't know that there's a picture of this. Yeah, there's, this is picture 31. Picture 31. Actually, that's a great picture. Great picture. So you can see again, there is the exterior fence. That's the Chel. The area, the area inside, I'm sorry, that's the Sorig. And the area inside of the fence ultimately is the Chel. Good. So the Gemara says as follows. You have the Chel. Right? The Gemara says, The area of the Chel, which was this area inside of the fence, between the fence and the base of Mikdash, was 10 Amos. And there are 12 steps. So I will say, still looking at picture 31, because 31 really gives you everything you need to know. You've got the Sorig, the fence, the area inside, which is the Chel, and then you've got 12 steps up to get to the platform to enter into the Ezra's Noshim. Good. So the Gemara, there are 12 steps. From Ezra's Yisrael, ultimately again to Ezra's Noshim. Rum ma'ala chatsi amo, vishilcha chatsi amo. I skipped the line over here. Shtemus re'malos hayusham. I'm sorry. Shtemus re'malos hayusham. There are 12 steps up. Rum ma'ala chatsi amo. Each step had a height of chatsi amo, vishilcha chatsi amo, and a tread of a half an amo as well. Good. Shabbos so say then, tesvav ma'alos olos misoho. Hayardos mi ezras Yisrael ezras nashim. Now, both say, now there were another 12 steps. Right now, these twelve steps ultimately again went from what they call Ezra Yisrael to Ezra Nashim. So, just so we're clear in our terms over here, if you take a look, if you take a look, going back, I'm sorry, there's so much back. In the rest of Shabbat tomorrow, we're going to have a, a larger view of the of the base Hamikdash. So, we'll say, if you take a look on the aerial image once again, letter Vav, you see where Vav is. Remember, Zayin is the Ezra Nashim. Vav is what they call Ezra Yisrael. That, that, that area right there, that strip. How did you get from Ezra's Nashim ultimately again to Ezra's Yisrael? You had 12 steps. Those 12 steps, you see where it says Chaf Beis? Chaf Beis is how you got from Ezra's Nashim to Ezra's Yisrael. You walked up 12 steps. 12 steps, Chaf Beis. Good. So the Gemara says, you, went, you walked up 12 steps. So the Gemara says, Once again, those 12 steps, each one with a height of a half an amma and a tread of half an amma. And we learned, 
between the ulam and the mizbeach. So the ulam, I will say, remember, is, is the antechamber. So just again, so you're clear, the ulam, the ulam is gimel, is gimel on the aerial view. The ulam is gimel. The mizbeach, again, you can see the mizbeach. The mizbeach is dalit and hay. That's the mizbeach over there. So between the ulam, between the ulam and the mizbeach, what was there? Chaf beis amo. There were 22 amos. So the Gemara says, Ushteim esrei ma'alos hayusham. 22 amos and 12 steps. The 12 steps again. Sham, so the Gemara, hayusham, rum ma'ala chazi amo. The height of each step, a half a amo. V'shilcha chazi amo. And ultimately again, the tread half an amo as well. So we'll say again, you see the steps. The steps are lamed dalid. Lamed dalid. Good. Following along with me? Yeah, no. Okay, good. Let's say, so just, yeah, just, just tell me yes. It'll make me feel better. So let's say, so again, so pretty much j- 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 just to give you the quick overview. So again, look, looking at the aerial view right now. So, so far I'm entering in on the eastern side, lower side than everything else that the coin could see into the base of Mikdash. I walk into Zion. Zion is my Ezra's Nashim. I then go to Chav Beis, the 12 steps, 12 steps leading from Ezra's Nashim. I enter into Vav, which is Ezra's Yisrael. I keep going. There's Lamed Dalit, another 12. Then I hit the Mizbeach. Another 12 steps, Lamed Dalit. And I enter into the Ulam Gimel. That's just if I keep walking straight through the Beis HaMikdash. That is exactly what I see. Good. So the Gemara goes right to Tanan. And we learned, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov Omer, Maila Haisa Sham, Vigavo Amav Aduchan Nasun This is very interesting. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says, by the way, there was a platform that was there, a platform that was there, and ultimately again, Umala Ama, I'm sorry, Maala Haisa Sham Vigavo Ama was an Ama tall, Viduchan Nasun Aleha, and there was a platform that was placed on it, Uba Shalosh Malos, there were three steps there, Shalchatsi Ama, Shalchatsi Chatsi Ama. Each one made of a half an amma. Now, I will say here, the Gemara is describing something very interesting, which is in the pictures, just to illustrate this for you, because it may be helpful. If you take a look at pictures 34 and 35. So 34 and 35 describe this platform that is called the Duchan. Now, if you notice, 34 and 35, I will say, point out over here, there's a machlokis rashitosis, exactly how the Duchan was arranged. Did the steps go up in front of the Mizbech or did the steps go down behind, remember I just said behind the Mizbech, go up in front of the Mizbech or go down? So you see Rashi has them over here arranged going up in back of the Mizbech. Tosos has them arranged going down. Now what was unique about this Duchan? This is where the Levim would assemble to go ahead and sing Shira. It's interesting, in our contemporary vernacular, Duchaning refers to the Kohanim reciting their bracha. But in fact, that, that phrase, now again, the Kohanim also Duchan, they also gave a bracha, of course, but the Duchan was also used for the Shiras Halavim. It was also used ultimately, again, for the Levim to do their Shira. So the Gemara says, so we'll say ultimately again, according to Rabbi Yaakov, this makes a lot of sense because this is why the entrance way ultimately again, look at Rashi. So we'll say if you say that the Mishnah Mesachas Midas reflects the view of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, this is why ultimately, again, you would have to diminish the height on the eastern, actively diminish the height of the eastern side, otherwise the coin who was doing the paradum would not be able to see in. The Gemara says, But according to the Rabbanon, ultimately, again, the Beis Hamikdash would have been visible 
from the Haram Mishcha, even without the Mishcha in the wall. And the Lav Shemayim Rabbi Lezer Yaakov. So we'll say again, it's just the Gemara once again trying to prove that the Mishnayis and Meseches Midos really uh, support the view or reflective of the view of Rabbi Lezer Ben Yaakov. Good. Rav Adabar Ava Amar. So Rav Adabar Ava said as follows: How many? Who's the pain does this reflect? Rabbi Hudahi. It reflects Rabbi Huda. Now we'll say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rav Adabar Ava Amar Hamani. Tiktani Dakosam Ezrachi Hutzrach Lios Namoch. We'll say, whose opinion holds that the eastern wall had to be lower than the other walls? It was Rabbi Huda. Now we'll say, now look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Rabbi Huda he da Amr Hamizbeh Omid Beemsa Zara Kineged Absachim Venimsa Govho Sosim Esapesach Atachton Shari Allah Karka Ezra Yisrael Hare Allah Karkos Ezra Yisrael Mikarka Atachton Yud Gimel Amav Vachatz Yama. So I'll say, okay. So we're going to see now who is the opinion who held. The eastern wall had to be lower than the other walls in order to allow the sight lines from the Haramishcha into the Ulam for Paraduma. Is Rabbi Huda? Because what does Rabbi Huda say? Here we go. This saying Rabbi Huda Omer, Hamizbeach Mamutsava Omid Beemtsa Azara. The Mizbeach Rabosei was situated in the middle of the Azara. Rabosei, so remember, we're going to see now that there is a little bit of a dispute as to where exactly, remember again, looking at your aerial view of the Beis Hamikdash. The Mizbech is situated, looks like it's situated kind of right in the middle of the Azara, right in the middle of the courtyard. So the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says as follows. So the Mizbech ultimately again is situated in the middle of the Azara. And the Mizbech itself was 32 Amos in width. 32 Amos in width. So Amin Beis. So we'll say now we're just talking about how the Mizbech itself was situated. So ultimately, again, 10 Amos of the Mizbech were situated by the entrance of the Heichal. 11 Amos were to the north. And 11 Amos were to the south. So that gives you 32 Amos of the Mizbech. Ultimately, again, therefore, we'll say, it turns out that what? That the Mizbeach was exactly centered with the entranceway of the Heichal. Now, we'll say, here's the problem. Here's the problem. If the Mizbeach is centered directly in front of the Heichal, then what? Then what? Then the person who's doing the Kohen who's doing the Paraduma would not be able to see into the Heichal because the Mizbeach itself would have obstructed the sight line into the Beis and what we call into the into the heichal. And if you say that the Mesechus Midos reflects the view of Rabbi Yehuda, ultimately, again, can you set it up with the Mesechus being in the middle? What we learned? The entire Azorah, the entire courtyard, you could see, by the way, if you want to follow along in these measurements, you could see it's all, it's pretty much all mentioned over here in pictures 39, 39, and the, and the larger pictures after 39, 40, yeah, 39, 40, 39, and the, all the pictures, there are a couple of pictures that are not numbered. Everything in between 39 and 40, you could see all of these measurements mapped out. The entire Azara had a length of 187 amas, on a width of 135 amas. If you are measuring again east to west, 
ultimately again it would be 187 amas. Makom Drisas Yisrael, the area where again we call Ezra Yisrael, they could walk. Yud Aleph Amma. That was an area of 11 amas. Makom Drisas Ragalai Karnam, the area where the Karnam could walk. Yud Aleph Amma, 11 amas. Mizbeach, ultimately again Mizbeach, what did it occupy? Shloshim Ushtayim. It occupied ultimately again 32 amas. Pena Ulam La Mizbeach, Esim Ushtayim. The area between the Ulam, right, the entered chamber of the base of Mikdash, and the Mizbeach was Esrim Mishtaim 22 Amas, the Heichal Kuf Amo, and the Heichal itself, which I was saying, remember, the Heichal refers to what we call the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim, that had an area ultimately again of Heichal Kuf Amo, the Yud, I'm sorry, Kuf Amo was 100 Amas, the Yud Aleph Amo, Achori Beis HaKaporis, and I was said there was an area of 11 Amas. Ultimately, again, behind the Kodesh HaKadoshim. You see, yeah. So we'll say, if you take a look at picture 39, pretty much 39 maps, it's just so you understand what you're looking at. You're looking at the aerial view of the Beis HaMikdash, and you could see again, you could see this entire area mapped out. The 11 Amas that we call Ezra Sisral. So we'll say, I don't know if, I don't know how clear it is, but you can see there's 11 Amas there that represent Ezra Sisral. Then there's the Duchin. Right, that, that brownish line over there is the Dukhan are those three steps. Then you have what's called the area Makum Drisas Kohanim. That's an area where Kohanim could walk. Then you have the 32 Amas of the width of the Mizbeach. Then you have the 22 Amas of the Yud Beis Malos, the 12 steps leading into the Heichal. Then ultimately, again, you have the full 187 Amas that represent the Ulam and the Heichal, again, the Heichal itself being 100 Amis of that. And then if you keep going, you see the 11 Amis of space behind the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So those are the full dimensions, ultimately, of the Beis HaMikdosh. And if you are measuring, ultimately, again, from south, from south to north, um, south, oh, I'm sorry, there's a bit, we'll say, you can see, do you, do you have this picture? No one can see this. Okay, it's not numbered, but I will say, but this is great. You could, it's very simple. Again, you can see everything. Yeah, you should, you should have this one. It's not numbered. It's the picture after 39. The picture after 30. It's a larger, it's a larger image of 39, and you can see everything mapped out like this. Beautiful. So the Gemara says, that, that's, that's ultimately, again, th- this was from Mizrach Tamarov. What happens if you are going Safan to Darov? So we'll say north to south. We'll say that, that's this picture. This picture over here. North to south. North to south. What was that? Lacha. Menadarm Lutzafon. It was a total of 135 Amas. We'll say this is across the width. Remember again, north to east to west is the length. North to south is the width. So if you're going north to south in the base Hamikdash, that is a total of 135 Amas. And I just want to point out, you know this because you see this on the image, but when we say that east to west is 187 Amas, that is not counting the Ezra's Nashim, right? That's not counting the outer courtyard. This is only once you enter into Ezra's Yisrael going forward, it's 187. So now we're going across, we're going across the width. We're going ultimately again from north to south in the base Hamikdash, a total of 135 amas. Now watch this. As you can see, it's all broken up over here. So it says, the area, the area of the Beis Hamikdash together with its ramp was a total of 62 amas. 
From the Mizbeach to the Tabas, what's the matter again? Those are the rings. The rings, remember again, how would they shack animals in the base of Mikdash? You would push the animal to its side, the rings would come up, you'd put the ring down around the animal of the neck, uh, around the neck of the animal, essentially securing the animal in place, and then shacked the animal there. So, the area that the rings themselves occupied, Estrim Ba'arba, was an area of 24 Amas. We'll see, you can see it again. We're, we're working our way. We're working our way from south to north. So we've got 62 Amas ultimately of the Mizbeach, 8 Amas of space in between the Mizbeach and the Tabaos, the rings, 24 Amos of the rings themselves, 4 Amos, Va'arba, Minatabaos, Lishulchanos. 4 Amos from the rings to the tables. We'll see what was done at the tables. That was where the animals were cut up. The Kabbalahs were cut up. Four, four amos from, from the tables to the nanos. Nanos nanos is literally a, a, a dwarf or a midget. So we'll say, so the idea, what does it refer to? It refers to short poles that they had. We saw this again. We, we saw this in Pesachim. That's where they would hang the animal to flay the animal. So we'll say that's again, if you keep going across, that's the, that's the nanosim. Arba min nanosim lakosel. And then another, another four amas ultimately again from the nanosim to the wall. As, so as the Gemara says, lakosel, lakosel azar, sorry. Ches amos, ches amos, excuse me, I'm sorry. So the, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Minashulchanos nanosim arba, from ultimately again from the shulchanos to the nanosim, to the, to the short pillars was four amas. Min nanosim lakosel azar, ches amos. And from the nanosim, the short pillars to the wall of the azara was eight amos. Was eight amos. Shavosei, here's the problem. The problem is, out of 135 amos, there's still 21 amos left. So how are those 24, how are those 21 amos accounted for? Listen to this, here we go. Vamosar benakevesh lakosel umakom hananasin. And both say the remaining 21 amos are used for the space in between. The ramp of the Mizbeach and the, and the, and the wall of the Azara. And the area of the pillars themselves. And I'm about to say, you could see it over here. You've got, you could see, you've got ten and a half amos in between the ramp of the Mizbech and the wall. And then again, ten and a half amos was the area of the Nanasim itself. So I'm about to say, here we go. And if you want to say that Mseches Midos reflects the view of Rabbi Huda, so the Gemara says, Mizbech be'emza azara mi meshkachas. But I'm about to say, according to Rabbi Huda, the, the measurements don't make sense. The Mizbech is not going to be in the middle of the Azara. Haruba de Mizbech Bidaram Kai Kranchabihuda, the majority of the Mizbech is actually situated southward. Ella was a top of Tes. Yozain Ella, Lav Shmamino, Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakovhi. Rather, I will say, what do you see from here? You see, as we, as we posited before, that Enoch Inami, the author of Mesechas Midos, of the Mishnahis of Mesechas Midos, is none other than Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov, and indeed that is correct. I will say, Hopefully you found the uh, the journey through the Beis Hamikdash exciting. We're not finished. We're gonna get. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be a little bit more organized with the Meretz on the pictures tomorrow. I will say, but what is chos? If you know, if we can't yet have the third Beis Hamikdash, what a privilege it is to begin the day literally journeying through the Beis Hamikdash. And the Meretz Hashem will continue the journey tomorrow. Shkoyach.